So remember that place, the Davenport? Yeah. Or yeah. I guess it's still there, right? I opened it. Oh, yes, right. You did. That's, yeah, of course you that remember place. that. Yeah. So the first time I ever went there was probably 2005 or six, maybe. And I remember like the friend I was with, she said, okay, it's like a martini bar. It's kind of nice. And, okay, great. I like martinis. I walk in and I go to order my our martini. There's a guy at the bar, old guy at the bar is sitting there, nice. you know, drinking his, you know, drinking his, it's like, it's like, you know, five in the afternoon or whatever yeah. on a, whatever day it was, Saturday maybe. And it, I look down and he's got this fucking box this big. I, I, I'm not kidding. Like, you know, like this big, a box, like a, like a, like a tube of toothpaste, you know, like a, like a toothpaste box. All it says on it, it's red and white. All it says on it is ointment in big letters. Just this random box of ointment on the bar. Oh yeah. 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 What is that? I remember you telling the story. I don't know. Ointment. It's just ointment. Wow. Yeah. I told the story before. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I'm already I never heard myself. It. Yeah. Maybe well, not well, on the well, show. Well, but I remember. Maybe, yeah. Just yeah. ointment. I stepped away. Yeah. I went around the corner and ordered a Seeing large tubes of ointment make me a little nervous. Yeah. Especially in a bar situation. Who puts that on the bar? Or maybe he's just being preemptive. Guess she's getting ready for some... Some crazy Saturday night yeah. at the Davenport. Yeah. Martinis and ointment. Yeah. Another song we got to write. Anyway. Martinis and what? <laughs> Martinis and ointment. Oh. Chad missed the beginning part. Separate vessels, of course. For a second, I thought you said martinis and disappointment. Well, that could be. That's that's <laughs> Sounds like a, the country song we heard That's last like night. every night at the Davenport <laughs> these days. Country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keeping the O in country. Chad, what episode is this? This <laughs> is Slappercast episode number 85. 85 and still alive. Yes. It is the middle of September already. Mm. Believe it or not. Well, we're finally getting that reprieve in the heat. Yeah. yeah. Very nice morning the last couple of days. Yeah. Yep. Gorgeous. And since we've since we've <laughs> seen you last, we've even we've even rehearsed. We're uh I looks got, like I, we're getting I, I I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I do want you to talk just about, did. I want to talk. So about, carry I, on. I do mean it. I do mean to interrupt you. That's what people should start yes. saying. I wanted to play whiskey last night. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but we didn't play it. We rehearsed it. We didn't play it. Come on now. We didn't rehearse it. We did rehearse it. No, well, we did rehearse it. We Three of us it. did, but we had a fiddle player that didn't rehearse it. <laughs> so he's clever. He can catch. No, up. he is very yeah, clever. Jeff Duncan. He is very young clever. Lad. Is that his name? Jeffrey Duncan. Je- oh, yeah. Oh, Sir Duncan. Hmm. Sir Halifax. Anyway. Anyway. So we, we did rehearse. Yes. Yeah. So we rehearsed, and I tell you something. That's not like riding a bike. Riding a bike, you go outside and you get you know you you're on two wheels and you're, you know, this is not like that at all. If we I were, rode a bike right now, I'd have two skin knees. Promise you. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Rehearsing, however, the only thing that gets skinned is my pride. Mm. I'm playing those bad notes. Yeah, that was uh, that was a, that was a lot of bad notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, it's so strange on how you do this for so long, and then you're taken away from it, and or it's it's it disappears, and you come back to. Well, I don't remember. I, you know, I just. This is difficult. This the voice is a muscle. Your your vocal cords, you know, uh-huh. the muscles. If you don't use them, then you got to start again. They fuck off, yeah. 
<laughs> and we come back to that and then try try to, you know, that's something else. So very, uh, you know, we, we've we've never had time off like this before. Um, only part-time professionals have that kind of mm. oh, segue. Um, that's one. <laughs> See how many times it's going to show up in the show today. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, really, if you're if you're doing this for a living, if you're full-time professional or AKA professional, <laughs> you know, you're, you know, you're to, to have so such a gap in your trade. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's the same for any, you know, plumber, you know, if they're off or say, you know, electrician, there's, you know, they got to get back into it, you know, and, um, you know, especially if you, I mean, we're by no means back to a full schedule, mm-hmm. but uh, I will say that there's, Definitely, some you know we're getting a lot of calls, so I'm looking to to get out in the road and head out on the highway. It's funny when you look at this thing as a profession; it's like any other job. At some point, you need to take a break, take a week off, vacation, yeah, 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 yeah. two weeks off, whatever. Okay, and and I find that when it's normally like that, when we're normally playing all the time, and we do take a week off or a couple of weeks off. You kind of come back refreshed. You kind of come back energized. Yes. Your brain is a little bit clearer. Um, it gives you the chance to, sometimes it gives you a chance to, if you don't play, um, it gives you a chance to kind of like, all of a sudden, like new ideas suddenly pop up in your yeah. head because they're not so cluttered. However, taking this much time off, then it becomes more of a, I think like you said about the voice, it becomes more of a physical thing of of, of uh, trying to you know retrain yeah. certain yeah. parts of your vocal memory, cords yeah. or yeah you know, fingers and hands and fills and stuff like that. Um, it's a little bit more of a challenge than just taking a week or two off. Yeah. But it, it's, it, it's really, it's lit a fire for me to, to, to actually push, put into practice singing on a, on a daily basis to, to, you know, cause you kind of just hum along. But when you put three hours of, you know, full voice rehearsing, you know, trying to get back to, Man, that was that was rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, strange to hear it because we're you know we're we're so in tune now with our with our in ears. You know, we're so focused on you know doing the right. You know, obviously locking in as a band, but you got to focus in on your own your notes and playing and just making everything making it sound as good as you possibly can. But mm-hmm. my God, the the uh, I guess the strength. It took to stay in that, you know, at, at that level. And then, and then just last night, just passing out, it was absolutely just worn out. Mm-hmm. Just like, I, I, that's been a long time to, that's been a long time since that kind of energy has been expelled. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. That was a solid so, night work. So, yeah. What happened last night? <laughs> big, big <laughs> rehearsal. Remember? <laughs> we played to me. Was that you? I was there. Yeah. I, was, yeah, I have to say, too, the, the, the I, we can cut this part out because I don't want any record of this. But I thought, I thought we played really well. I thought we did too. I really did. I was, I was, I loved the sound of the room. We got to, we got to play in a place that we usually don't. But I loved the sound of the room. But I, I loved that nobody. And I was like, you know, let's just go through. That was, I, I thought, a tremendous live performance. I just thought, did we tape that? We did. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have put, oh, Lord. Yeah, we'll have to put some. I mean, it was just energy was great Every, mm-hmm. from the first note. I just thought that the that the 
the energy was really good. It was just lively and it was just, yeah. You know, and I felt great. Yeah. <laughs> just doing it again. I was like, thank God. Yeah. That's a, that, that was a, it was a large time. Mm-hmm. I, was, I remarked to Eric after the show too, that um, I was just really enjoying the, uh, what? Nothing. <laughs> He's right over there. Is Eric, Eric's the <laughs> Um, we're doing the thing that we do when other people talk. We wink gestures at mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, you flirt with each other. <laughs> well, whatever makes you happy, Chad. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were Mark Taylor. Anyway, the men were talking last <laughs> yeah. night. Yeah, after the show. Yeah. <sighs> um, so I noticed I, when we first started playing with you early this year, there was you know we were starting to develop, you know. A language, just not just as a band, but you know, talking about as a rhythm section, and I'm trying to, mm. you know, figure out what your what your you know what your proclivities are, <laughs> so I could kind of me too, kind of yeah, you know, try to kind of predict subconsciously, you know, what's going on, you know, the the, the language that we have, right? And it, and didn't really occur to me until last night. I was like, damn it, we, we that just totally got stopped midstream, you know, halfway through that, well, not even halfway in March, and I was just really enjoying like. Particularly in songs like, uh, um, like Spansel, where there's a little bit more, uh, sort of, sort of uh, improv- improvisation going on. Yeah, like you, you'd like from one measure to the next, you might the kicks might land in different places and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I really have to listen to that to make sure I'm not overriding <laughs> or, oh, or doing no, anything. I, that, that, I, you know I what think, I mean? I think if anything, especially a song like that where there's so much space, I don't, you know, I try to keep it sort of. The same every time, but, you know, adding a little note here and there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not talking about major differences. Yeah. But, you know, you might throw in a boom, 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 you know, sort of, sort of a little accent. Yeah, one, towards the, two. You know, mm, mm. Right. Da, 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 whatever, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of, plus, plus two with a song is that, for sometimes for me, when a song is that slow and that much space, you want to try to keep that forward momentum happening so it doesn't sound like it's a slow song. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like... Like the idea of like adding a little bit of extra stuff just kind of propels that song on, on the on you know leaning forward instead mm-hmm. of you know laying back like it could because it is such a slow song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed uh, Liverpool too. That was a a much slower tempo than we've normally played it. And in, in the past, that would that would have freaked me. It really, it seemed fast to me last night, but maybe really no, it was definitely slower. Okay, but it, it was. I was like, you know, in the past, so I might go, hey. Speed it up, you know, whoever it was drumming, whether it was Mike or somebody before him or somebody was sitting in. Sure. I never really liked that song when it was too slow, but last night I was like, I'm just going to let this ride. <laughs> and it really, really, it was a I mean, I, worked yeah, I, th- I think we talked about that song too when we first started playing together was like, you know, the way, the way you know, the way Patrick starts it, you know, it kind of has that kind of like, I want to say Cajun-y vibe, but it's kind of that kind of swing. Mm-hmm. I think it has more of a, I mean, obviously you guys were playing it, for a while, like a like a disco song for a, yeah. a long time, mm-hmm. and now it's more like a Cajun kind of swingy thing, and it, it that that really lends itself to, you know, sitting in a, in a good space but still having a nice vibe to it. Right? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Well, I purposely I, I purposely started slower on that because we had we had done we had played Gallagher beforehand, very very similar beats, very similar feel, but I wanted to just again. Try to put two songs that, you know, are, are, are kind of similar, but make them different. Yeah. So when you're, when you're, when you're working in a set list, we've talked about this before. When you're talking, when you work, when you're working with songs, 
what what we like to do is we like to keep the key of the song uh, diff- different. We don't like to do a bunch of songs in the key of G or in the key of A back to back to back because it just it, it's it's um for for lack of a better term there's it's a, it's a different color having uh, a, a new key follow you know so so with that was a uh, that was a different key from the but the songs being so similar we want to have a different. You want to have a different, uh, you know, meter time, mm-hmm. you know. So tried to slow that one down, but that was yeah. I, I definitely one of the. Of course, my gear is messing up in it too. I remember the, the button yeah, that the I just gear. replaced. I'm yeah. like, yes. yeah, the gear. So uh, <laughs> it was good. It was good though. It's it uh, really very very little to complain about, which is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was just I was I was good. I mean, yeah. And playing playing a relatively full length show too for the first time in a while, and then we got to we got to play a lot of songs that we haven't touched in months. I totally fucked up Galway Girl on the intro. I apologize. <laughs> I Anyone? thought that was good. I thought that was cool. I was just oh, looking at his watch. Like, is this song ever going to stop? <laughs> well, it was different too at the beginning. I think you had been doing something different on the drums before. Yeah. Well, we're I, sort of been playing I, together. At yeah, the I beginning. thought that was better yeah. though. When you were just, you were just on the hi hat, you know, at first. Well, the, the thing was it threw Jeff off because the, well, plus the, he, yeah. the, the fiddle has to come in at that different uh, part. So the, it can't just be one, two, da, 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 you know, it has to be off, off the, off the one, I guess, or before the one, the fiddle comes in. Mm. Yeah. Well, whatever it was, me, it was me, and a different, me and another fiddle player, had long discussions about that, and I was just like, "You're working, you're making this harder, way harder than it needs to be." Yeah. Just, and then we worked it out, and then I was just like, uh, "Last night, I just kind of forgot. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to come in here, but it's, I kind of like the pause." Yeah. <laughs> well, of course I you do. Love with my Galway girl, yes, I did. One, two, three, <laughs> go, start. <laughs> That's all right. We had time. To, we had time to go make a cup of tea, and uh, no. Hey, time to reminisce about that Galway. Uh-huh. Hmm. Uh-huh. Maybe in the bathroom with some hand lotion. A little Ointment. Nivea Pursuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one, one little fluffy moment. I, th- I like the, the groove in that, though. It was good, too. Yeah, that was definitely. Yeah. It's, and it's, to me, I think of that same kind of, I keep hating that, that same kind of vibe, that kind of like swingy, you know, kind of chugga, 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 kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leslie calls it the sugar, sugar feel. It's like the New Orleans, yeah, kind of sw- the swing to it. So, okay, Cajuny, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we're going to be hearing from Leslie pretty soon. Uh, maybe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a Leslie, for all the, the you people that don't know, Leslie is uh, she's known as the lovely Leslie, and uh, you'll be hearing from her soon. And uh, so, yes, yeah, since we've spoken last, we've had a birthday. Mm. Eric had a little birthday. Did um thirty one. Really? 51? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I lied to that shopkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoops. And, are, you uh, old, are you older than me, Chad? Much. Just by a couple months. By a couple months. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But in cat years, he's way Cat older. years, it's way older. Caddy. And since we've seen you last, too, we had, uh, we had, uh, uh, Cindy was on last week. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, that was, uh, that was incredible. We were, very tentative when we were talking about Suicide Month and uh, having a show on that. But I tell you something, I left there feeling better about 
that subject, that topic, then then that's not this. It's not taboo, but it's it's something that needs to be at the forefront. You know, with the, all the all the crap that's going on, all the fires, all the bullshit that's going on. It's something to be on the, you know, on the, you know, definitely in front of you, you know, at all times, not just September. But it was uh, that was uh, that was eye opening. I, I learned yeah. a lot, yeah. and uh, Cindy is just such an authority on that. Uh, figure and uh, suicide talks with a Z on Facebook. Mm-hmm. If you want to go uh, look look at that and uh, just know that there's help. Seven days. That was great. That was that was fantastic. And then uh, we went to see our, our friend Slade Ham, who was on the week before. We went to see him at the Improv, and uh, he did a tremendous show. We're uh, we were just uh, he he was uh, he mentioned throughout the show how uh, he's been off for about the same amount of time as we have. Mm-hmm. I think it was February since the last time he's seen the stage. Um, he did a show out by Austin a couple of weeks ago, but so he was by and, and his, his crowd came out. They were, they were very, uh, very ready mm-hmm. for, for that. I meant to ask you guys about that. What was the, uh, since I didn't go, uh, you, you, uh, Patrick and Chad went, um, what was the, Seating at the venue, like I mean, was it? It was, was, it was spaced it was out. Space, spatial? Yeah, they had they had they had uh, posters on each on each of the tables that were not to be used, and the, yeah. the staff were very the staff were really well really well. Uh, um, I, I, it looks like they hadn't had any time off at all, just because they were completely at home with the mm-hmm. with the the rules and the you know it's so dark in there, which uh, which I like, but they 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 seem to run on rails cuz they just you don't see them cuz when you're when you're dealing with a you know we've talked about this before when you're dealing with a, a an act like that a, a, a comedian that night there were three actually four cuz the MC was a very good comedian as well but when you're dealing with that the last thing you want is to hear bottles clinking and um we what, what you know what do you want you know and drink orders and they 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 work like ninjas they just, you don't see them. I didn't see them at any other table. Mm-hmm. And yet they were still on. So that's yeah. the, the improv here in Houston. And, um, uh, I, you know, I, I just, we've, we've talked many times on how difficult it is to be a comedian or how, how, what it must be like being a comedian. One microphone, the spotlight's on you and you've got to entertain that crap. That, uh, it just, I, that blows me away. I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah. Could not do that. Could not do that. Hmm. But uh, Slade brought his, he brought his people out and they, they had a ball. Everybody, everybody in that room had a. Yeah. Yeah. It occurred to me when, when I was driving there, cause I'd never been to the improv before. I was surprised to see where, yeah, I was surprised to see where it was. It's right in the, in the Edwards, uh, where the Edwards yeah. marquee on I-10 Over is. Yeah. Six, ten, Silver I-10. Road. Yeah. Um, it's right across the, the, you know, the, walkway from where, where the theater is it's like right there it's been there for years oh. i just never saw it never 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 took note of anything else in that shopping center really and uh but but the other thing too is i just haven't been to a comedy club maybe i could count you know on one hand all the times i've been to a comedy club in my life i've been to one i went to the comedy store out in hollywood when i was out there for the nam show a couple of years ago oh, yeah. i had a day off went to who'd hollywood. you see um well, I wanted to go see the big room, which was um, fucking. It was uh, God. It was sold out. So there's a big room, and then there's like a yeah. smaller, like kind of upstairs uh, venue. 
Um, but the big room was like all the, it was like, I was like, how is this even possible? It was like Joe Rogan and, um, God, who was it? It was like a bunch of big, I mean, I, he was the only one I can remember, Marking but there was names. a bunch of names. I'm just like, Oh my God, what a show. And I called to get tickets. Like now we're sold out, but we have tickets in the, mm-hmm. in the back room. And, um, so there was a bunch of comedians that came on and they were all, they were all super funny. They were all great. This one guy, I can't remember what his name was, but he kind of came out and I, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, I'm going to like this guy just by the way he looked kind of had his hair kind of up and his eyes were kind of wide and started talking about, you know, don't put any straws in, in the ocean and stuff like that. He's grabbing people's drinks. He's like no more straws kind of a thing. And he went off on this whole tangent about killing fish and stuff like that and eating them. But <laughs> But Nikki Glazer came up at the end. She, oh. she was down. She was one of the acts down, that was downstairs, yeah. and she came up. She was like the headliner for the upstairs. So she came up and and did a thing at the end, and she was super funny too. So yeah, she is funny. I've only seen her at the on TV in different roasts and whatever. She seems yeah. to be yeah. She was good, funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, but the, the the main room was just like I mean, it was star after star after star after yeah. star, and I can see why it was sold out. Yeah, you know, and this was like on a like a Wednesday or something like yeah, that. We used to go, we used to go back in the night, you know, when I first came to town, we used to go to the, the laugh stop. I think it was here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, we, we go there, uh, uh, quite a bit. And there was, a uh, uh, I was, there was an act. I think there were from up North somewhere. Who cares? But, uh, uh, <laughs> uh Malone and Nucci's, they were, uh, DC Malone. This, uh, I got to know him pretty well through, uh, we were talking uh, to Cindy about Dennis Lang. Um, used to do the booking around here, but he mm-hmm. he, he would take these guys in and they would like, stay with him. And, and it dawned on me when Cindy said she knew Doug Stanhope. I was like, okay, I remember how this could because we would go and we would meet these comics, you know, these road comics, and go to. The, so it was a regular, it was a regular thing, you know. On nights off, you'd go to the to the to the comedy shop, and then. Uh, for a while there on TV, they had that, that, which we talked about again, the bands and the comedians would work together. It seemed like the bands would do a song and then they'd bring up the comic and he would do a set and the band would stay and then they'd play him off and bring mm-hmm. the next one. Up. And that seemed like a good, it, it seemed like a good dynamic, except when the comic wasn't any good because the, 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 the band was stuck on the on the stage with them and right. you know, just you know so let, let let's die together let's, let's get <laughs> creamed here together and it was a uh, so it was funny to watch that uh how, how they put that together i i couldn't i couldn't see it happening now which i wish it would you know i i, I think it'd be great to to, to get a, a a really dynamic uh authentic original comic to work with you know so especially somebody like us come in there open the room up and you know, go up and do a set. You know, maybe they come back up and do a little. You know, but again, it, it's it's such a it's such a fickle art form. You know, or, or you know, you, you have to you have to get that that comic that fits in that. You know what we do because we, we you know we're not we're not your typical rock and roll band. We're not mm. a, definitely not a country band. Definitely not an Irish rock band. Full time. You know, it's it's yeah. a it's a, but you have to have somebody that can come in and, 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 and f- f- that humor has to fit that age group. Cause we had, we do a very, very young and very, very old people that like what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the, one of the shows that was canceled was, uh, was, uh, uh we're going to hopefully do it 
next year, but it was a 80th birthday party. We had a private party that we were going to do. And uh, the, um, the daughter called me and she said, yeah, you're my mother's favorite band. And, you know, we, we want to have 80 years old. We we're going to do the party. And it was just, it, it's mind blowing to me. Um, but, but again, I, I promise you this at 80 years old, I'm still going to be listening to Slayer and Motorhead and Maiden. And yeah. it's, it's, it's just, you know, that's what, so you can't, you, you, uh, you can't pin a music genre on an age. That's just not going to, you yeah. know, it's funny you say that. It used to be, I actually thought about, thought about this like in the last 24 to 48 hours back in New Hampshire, there was this town called Berlin Gorham and Berlin was the paper mill town. So it always smelled you know, beautiful. Smelled ah, like Savannah. Potpourri. Yeah, the, the aroma. Yeah. Um, but, and, and it was kind of like, and the paper mills are closed. So the downtown was at one point kind of thriving. And now it was kind of like, eh, kind of on the downside. But there was a record store there called Hi Ho Records. And uh, when we used to go down there to go shopping or whatever, to, to go to the bigger city or whatever, we'd always go. I said, oh, there's a record store. The first time I went there, I was like, oh, cool, a record store. Let's go check it out. And this is probably in the, early early 80s early mid 80s or so and we walked in and it was all metal all hard rock and all metal record store the owners were in their 60s i kid you not this and it was, was called high high ho records and For, and, and on main like street in berlin new hampshire it was a metal store and i would talk to the owners about music and they would be like you know, Rob, Hal- you know, Rob Halford's got a great voice, but that Ronnie James Dio, <laughs> he's something special, you know, like shit like that, you know, and they had like, well, wow. all the Slayer stuff. They had all the, whatever fringy kind of shit that was out there in, in, in the eighties. Cause everybody started putting out records, you know, and they, you know, the first Megadeth record, all the Metallica stuff, all the black Sabbath, and, you know, Led Zeppelin, Judas Priest, any deep, any, any metal, any different genre, they had it in the store. And I was just like, this is the craziest shit I've ever seen in my That's life. That's cool. These old yeah. people are like, yeah, we know. And we, we know who these people are. I'm see, I, I still like to go. I like cactus is really all we have. We got sound waves, but cactus is the store. Well, I don't know. Six Lagoon. Come on. I know. Six, yeah. Claustrophobic, but Six Lagoon. Oh yeah, when he expanded, yeah, 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 yeah that's right, that's right. Way well, more room I, in there now. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, like, I, yes, spread I, out. I, and I, I didn't go at that time too because I didn't have a turntable, and everything was. He went all LP. It seemed. Yeah. Yeah. But so Cactus was always my place because of CDs and, and LPs and stuff yeah. like that. But they, uh, so, uh, um, but basically that's all we have here. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, uh, when we, you would go to get, we, we would just go to get metal records. That's all there was, you know, that's all there was in the world. And, but now when you go in, it, it's, it's crazy to me because, you go in a cactus and you, you're just eggs or whatever. You're just going to go and get these, uh, these, these, these records that you, that you listen to as a kid. Now just stack up on all this stuff. And this, the, 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 the price has just gone just way down on, on all these, uh, on all these old CDs and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I can't even remember. I, I've, I've been having to replace all these old records that, you know, that a uh, lost through the years and worn out and whatnot, but it's just great Same, to have that yeah. have that collection build back up again to where when, when you were a kid. It just seemed like yeah, we didn't have the internet. You couldn't just you know 
call out a name and your computer plays it for you and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, nothing like that. But it just, it, it didn't matter that we had to go find that tape, rewind it to the song that you wanted for it, you know, right. you know, line up that track and then listen to it. It didn't, it didn't bother you. It just didn't, it, it wasn't a thing. You know that was that was how you listened to music. So well, then and he also had to hear about new releases yeah. somehow through usually through mm-hmm. print media, unless you had MTV, which you know why well, didn't as a kid? Yeah, we didn't. Uh, you know, didn't have that on my cable, but you had to like either get the Hip Paraders or the Circus or the Rip or whatever. We didn't have that. We had Kerrang. That no, was Kerrang. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was- or or uh, like uh, you know, we used to get when I was in college. This thing called the Boston Phoenix, which is like our. Our, uh, what's the free paper we have here? Oh, the, the public news? The, the Houston Press. Houston, Houston Press. Houston Press, yeah. 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 Or like the oh, Chronicle over in, in Austin. And so you'd, you'd go and you know, you'd pick up this Boston Phoenix and you looked, number one, to see who was coming to Boston, which was still two hours away from where I was living, but also to see what new records were getting reviewed and stuff like that. Oh, so and so is out. Got to go mm-hmm. to the record store. Get it. The best moments, though, that I remember most vividly. Or just walking. I used to go to record stores all the time. Sure. It, was, it was just part of my sometimes sometimes daily routine, <laughs> mm-hmm. depending on what was going on. Yeah, after 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 school, I'd, I'd swing by record exchange or or sound warehouse, whatever, just to look around. And sometimes you'd be, get lucky. You'd walk in, and there'd be a display of this album that you had no idea was coming out of mm-hmm. a band you love. There it is, right there. Like, oh my god! Oh my god. You know, <laughs> those were the happiest days. You know, you you running home to listen to this thing you didn't even know existed until a few minutes before you know um can you remember your biggest disappointment record waiting 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 then it came out and you're like what the one you're waiting for yeah yeah it was when peter gabriel so came out (laughs) (laughs) you should have known better it's peter gabriel well no i mean up until that point he had been really weird and and experimental and then it took him forever to put out so at least it seemed like forever at the time i think it was only like three years yeah, we which, know how that is which seemed like <laughs> which seemed like an eternity at the time because mm. back then you're used to artists putting out a record every year you know oh, seemed at like least yeah, yeah. yeah at least it yeah. really was in the yeah. 80s yeah cut that part out <laughs> right and uh <laughs> he means real artists we've been yeah. waiting oh, and yeah. waiting and waiting <laughs> and finally they put a sing they put sledgehammer out as a single first sledgehammer backed with the b-side uh don't break this rhythm but anyway, so what was, what was the B side? Don't don't break this rhythm. It was just a it was a just a B side. It wasn't on the album. Okay, yeah, it was a much better song than Sledgehammer. I thought fair enough. But uh, we'd heard a friend of ours. We were all into Peter, Peter Gabriel's stuff. Um, my uh, circle of friends I had, and and somebody, one of our friends, had gotten a hold of the single first, and he was like, he was like devastated on the phone. We hadn't heard it yet. He was described <laughs> like he's like, dude, it's bad it's bad, man. You sold out. And we're like, and we were in denial. It's like, it couldn't be that bad. Let, let's put it on. And Peter Gabriel was kind of, uh, um, one of the, one of the quirks he had is he play flute. He played flute in Genesis and occasionally he'd play flute on the solo stuff. Not very often. Yeah. So it starts off with flute riff, just, just the flute. We're like, Oh, this is, this is cool. This, this is promising. And then da 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 the horns come in. We're like, <laughs> Just completely horrified, like because he had never had put out anything that sounded like that before, and it was, and we were, we were, it was, it was depressing. And then it's funny because the album eventually came out, and I was equally kind of disappointed in that too. But it, it started to grow on me. I started to appreciate some of the songs later. It took a while, but now it's like I don't ever go back and listen to that record. Now it's like it sounds to me. People are always talking about what a what a game changer that record was for the industry and everything, and 
to me, it sounds like one of the most dated records from that. What do they mean by that? I don't know. Game changer for the industry. I think if you listen, well, if you listen to a song and then this is to me, game changer in a bad way. If you listen to a song like (laughs) in your eyes, which I know a lot of people love that song, but if you listen to that and you think about a lot of the, the, the syrupy ballady stuff that came in the nineties, um, the, just the production style and also just the overall feel of the song. I think it, that kind of shaped a lot of the production that happened in the nineties. I think that came after it. Huh. Yeah. I've never been longing to, to talk about the Eagles more than I have right now. <laughs> well, just, just, I'm going to say one more thing about this. The, the saving grace to sledgehammer is that at the end it gets louder Mm-hmm. Like it actually sonically gets louder, which most songs, when you play a song, it sort of stays the same volume through the entire song, mm-hmm. even though more stuff might be happening. But at the end, it actually gets louder, which I think is kind of a cool thing. It's like it's like they pump up the volume a little bit and then they yeah. bring it back down. Sure. Which I, I, which I think is really interesting. I'll be honest. I mean, I don't dislike the song now. <laughs> We're just talking about the reaction I had. Yeah. You know, and Stuart Copeland plays hi hat on Red Rain, so you can't go wrong with that. Yes, that's true. That's, that's the only true. thing he plays on the song is, is hi hat. <laughs> I, I can't. I just. I can't. I don't hey like man, that album anymore. Don't give up. <laughs> hey. I mean, I. I yeah, and pretty much every. I, I listened to some of Peter Gabriel stuff he did after that, but that was kind of where I. I like. I'm getting off. I'm, I'm out. You know. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I really, dig that. Yeah. You know. I can't think of a one that was like. I was looking forward to, and I was like, "Oh man!" I just, I, I mean, I, I had, I did hear a band live one time, and I was like, "Oh, these guys sound like a lot of fun." Mm-hmm. And I went and bought the record, and I was like, "Oh, this fucking sucks." Yeah, it's terrible. The oh. the Boo Radleys. Out oh of, yeah, uh, remember that? Remember that name? I remember that yeah. name from they, back uh, in the cool name. I mean, it's a, it's a character from the, you know the To Kill a Mockingbird, and and it was a cool thing. And I saw them play. They opened up for. Um, Sugar down in, in Boston. Sugar is the Bob Mould from Husker Du. Mm-hmm. So his his solo project. And uh, I was like, oh, these guys are kind of fun. And somebody came out and played trumpet. And the, some, the songs were kind of cool. And I went to a uh, record store the next day and bought that record. And I played I was just like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Yeah. 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 I had I, an uh, ex-girlfriend of mine was manager of a shop and I got this Iron Maiden record that I didn't know was coming out and it had Blaze Bailey on it. Oh no. And, uh, I, I, I just, you just lose touch. You know, I don't, don't, I don't watch TV. I don't listen to the, you know, music news or whatnot, but, uh, I put this record on. I said, Oh, somebody's having a heart attack. <laughs> this guy is not good and oh, not yeah. good. No, just no personality in his voice. And, uh, I, they, they tell me his solos or his, his regular stuff was good, but, you know, after listening to just being brought up on Paul Diano and Bruce Dickinson singing for yeah. this band and then having that guy come and say, oh, oh, I think they're recording at the home because this is not, <laughs> this is not, not yeah. rock and roll. It's not. Yeah. And, and and I saw them play at a toilet up on the north side. Iron Maiden, they, they, uh, they didn't have Adrian Smith or Bruce Dickinson. And they, they got the dark ages, huh? dark day. What year, what years, yeah. what years were that? Uh, was it the 90 mid, mid nineties. And what was Bruce's deal? He just needed a break or. Yeah, he, he, he quit. Career, he, right? he quit. They, they both quit. The history. Uh, Adrian was, Adrian was, uh, just fed up with 
the the songs were getting ready for they were playing through i mean think of it they've sold hundreds of millions of records and they've they've they, that was a band that would put out a new record every year True. religiously so they had so many hits and they had so many so much their catalog was massive so you get to the the tour and they've got to knock off songs like hello be that i don't know if they knocked that one off but they had to knock off you know where Eagles Dare and all these massive numbers take them off because you've got to make room, you got to play the new stuff, and you got to... Um, so anyway, Adrian Smith was getting uh, extremely frustrated with the tempos because they were racing, and Bruce was... Uh, he just had a day, you know, touring 300, you know, 30 days, 340 days out of the year. Right. And these are, these are monster shows. These are mostly stadium shows. It just took me all out. So anyway, out. So, and so, so I said, oh, I'm going to go and see this band in this nightclub, essentially. I forget the name of the place, luckily, luckily for you. <laughs> um, and we went in there and I remember the first thing I saw, well, because I went right to the back and uh, I'm old, I shall be back here. Uh. And um, I went to, uh, I went to the, the back of the room, and I saw all these IntelliBeam, which uh, lights, these boxes, light boxes. And it looked like they went to guitar, all the guitar centers and bought all their IntelliBeams that the club did mm. before the show. Oh, boy. And they were going to bring them back the next day. <laughs> you know, so it, uh, it, it was, uh, it, it, it took up more room than the people, you know, than the people in the room. All Crazy. these IntelliBeam boxes. I was just, the show was horrific in that the band comes out and they're playing and everybody's, oh, and then the singer comes running out, Blaze Belly. This is not who we want to see. And he's, ah, and everybody's looking around him. Can, can you, can <laughs> you, you know, and Nicker McBrain in a, you know, playing drums, you know, on, on a stage that's on a, on a drum riser that's, you know, eight inches. Anyway, so. That was that was that was a pretty big disappointment. Mm. That's no fun. So yeah, and you know whether 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 he's a good singer or not, it's not that singer. It's not that band that you've, you know. So it doesn't matter what they're what they're bringing, you know. And now I will say that anybody anybody after Freddie doesn't get to sing. They, you you just don't just 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 stop, you know. Because to 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 me that's gonna be that's gonna be Queen. Ever, ever, mm -hmm. ever, 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 ever. Amen. That's it. No more. Just Freddie. But you, you put in whoever it was, the Highlander, whoever they had singing for for Queen, and it just the uh, Highlander. I don't care. I don't. <laughs> I don't care what you're. I don't care what you sound like. I don't care what you. No, George Michael. Hey, there he is. Uh, he gets to do somebody to love. That's that's no problem. He gets to. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, he, he's gone too. Isn't he? Yeah, he, uh, but the, yeah, singer like that, that's it. Nobody else. Hmm. Yeah. I can think of more times I, I not sell a new record, but going back to, to, to listen to, to bands, the catalog of a band that I got into was like, wow, these guys are great. And you go back and pick an album that has a song on it, you know, you like, and the album itself is like really disappointing. I'm thinking of like, uh, just speaking of queen, like a hot space, which has yeah. like, the one has under Oof. pressure on it. That's pretty much, maybe there's one other good song on there, but it's like, from what I recall, it's been a while since I listened to it, but I remember picking up that cassette years ago and be like, 
that's, that's a tough, that's a <laughs> yeah. tough listen. It's expecting it to be as brilliant yeah. as Under Pressure, you know, which there's just no way that yeah. it was going to happen, I guess. But Freddie Mercury's solo records were a disappointment too. Uh, you know, unless you're grinding at a club. Where are you grinding now? Uh, if you're, uh, but there was, there was, there was a, uh, Mr. Bad Guy was one of the records that I got. And, and I just, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of really difficult stuff to get through. But at the end of the day, if you're a vocal fan, if you're a vocal, you know, I mean, that's, that's guy, guy couldn't have, you know, a set of pipes and just mm-hmm. sounded great. And there was, it, it was just, again, too kind of disco-y for, for, for me. But at the same time, there was, there was little, little shots of Queen throughout to keep people mm-hmm. listening to the, to the record. But yeah, I was, uh, some tough listens. Yeah. You know. Any of your big, big, big artists like like Sting or these any of these other guys that you've you, well, you you were talking about that once before like there was one album there's one album remember you were talking about at least one of his albums that you said was kind of like eh. I was the Celine was this Sting Sting yeah so yeah so after Soul Cages I lost interest completely and that was ni- early nineties no Soul Cages was uh, actually Soul Cages was like ninety one ninety one yeah yeah ninety or ninety one. And I liked that. I mean, I liked, I'll say, it, I don't care. I'm a man. I liked those Sting solo records. I mean, I think they were interesting. They were different. They were kind of, they had, he had some really great players on those records. Manu Cache on drums, Omar Hakim on drums. Come right. on, that's ridiculous. Right. Daryl Jones on, on the, on, on the, on the bass and, you know, that, that kind of stuff. On, on the trumpet. Yeah. Although, but I did listen to, I think I pulled up, Soul Cages a while ago, and, and like like your Peter Gabriel, it's just the sound of it sounds dated. Dated, yeah. Yeah, it does sound like there's a couple of songs I'm like, oh, I, I actually like this song, and I hear it, and it's just like this the weird, like the way the synthes the keyboards and synthesizers sound. It's like, ooh, yeah, this has not aged well. Yeah, but then then when he came out with that, uh, if I ever lose my faith in you, yeah, there was something, and it whatever rhymes with you, I was like, yeah, this is terrible. <laughs> This is terrible writing. I mean, that, and that's the chorus. Yeah. And he's like sitting in a throne with a sword, like swinging at waves. I mean, this is, I'm not going to tell you no, what it sounds like. Because note to self. I'll, I'll tell you off camera what it sounds like. It just sounded like shit. Yeah. I mean, just sounded. You talked about that before. I, it's funny. I just, it's funny because I never thought. Like praying. Praying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not familiar enough with Sting's catalog to, to know what, what's good or bad. That just struck me as like, oh, that's a catchy tune. You know? And all but, the drummers, uh, all my drummer friends freak out about those later Sting records because Vinny, I think we talked about this before too. Vinny Caliuta plays mm-hmm. on it. And there's a couple of songs. There's a song in five or a song in seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh man, this is the coolest shit ever. I'm like, he's just playing quarter notes mm-hmm. that go over the bar line. It's not like he's playing the Zappa shit that he played so well, or Aaron, he's, he's not playing anything that we can't, that's, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's not mind bending. It's not genre altering. It's not anything new. It's just, he's just playing and people freaked out about it. I'm like, this is, we're freaking about the wrong things. We're freaking out how terrible this song is. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and we I, talked I, about, I'm sorry. We talked about synchronicity the other day too. Mm-hmm. And that record is, it's a decent Police records not as good as some of the other stuff, but it also points to the direction. You can tell exactly yeah. what direction Sting was going to go in. Well, for me, it's like within side a month. one. Forget side two. Side one is the only part of that album I like to listen to. Yeah, you know, just anyway. from Synchronicity one to Synchronicity two. That's like to me, that's the album. Every all the other stuff is just Sting solo stuff. That's boring. 
<laughs> Although I will say, whatever uh, that that Atlanta concert that they filmed, you know, the the, yeah. the the synchronicity tour that they filmed that they showed everywhere, the synchronicity, whatever that first one is on that on that on that concert, the, the opening song, yeah, fucking killer. And he, yeah, he did it. But the keyboards are going or whatever in the background, and Sting goes one, two, and Stewart comes in. Just fucking ripping. That's, oh my god, it's so good. That's got to be one of the best beginnings to any song, Synchronicity One, because it's like a lot of police songs. Like the beat doesn't come in where you think it's right, going to come, exactly. so it's yeah. kind of surprising. Every time I listen to it, listen to it, it's like this exhilarating. Oh yes, that's yeah. where it starts. And then watching, yeah, Stewart back yeah. there. Just, well, I, I I have to retract some because I, I I hate Sting only because I love the police so much, and. I, I don't, you know, I didn't want that band to end. Mm-hmm. And then they came back and they did it again. And you see why yeah. they're so great. So that's why I hated Sting. Now, I have to say that I don't like that song you were talking about. Whatever the one was. You're going to lose my faith in yeah. you? Yeah. Well, I, I, why would you like that song? Of course I would. You know, because I have. Why well, does anyone like that song? I have genitalia. Song? It's, you know. Exactly. But. Um, Male genitalia. That's what. That's, that's, that's the. That's the. Well. That's the we're ticket. Gonna, we're going to have to know. cut that part out again. <laughs> Second time surgery. So, um, but I do appreciate his songwriting. And especially, you know, when, when, when you listen to Stuart Copeland talk and he's like, you know, they're all writing songs and then Sting would bring in songs and they go, oh, we want to play that one. You know, <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the time that you go, okay, well he had something, but uh, as, as a, as a three piece playing that, playing that way and having that. So Eric was talking earlier about, uh, we were talking about Spansel Hill mm. synchronicity. Spansel Hill. Um, <laughs> when, and he's talking about space in a song. When you listen to a band as good as ZZ top or the police, this is a three piece band and they're able to leave space when needed and then place play together and fill those songs. There is nothing better. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing better on this earth than hearing that three piece orchestra, you know, that just that could, because not that anybody's overplaying Stuart. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> nobody's overplaying. Nobody is underplaying and everybody's carrying the same weight on that song that, that those songs that they're, putting are just it, the hair on the back of your neck will stand up. You'll cry. You will. I have, I, and I watched the later shows, you know, when they, when they did the reunion, I watched some of the, some of the YouTube stuff and they would, they would just play these songs. And I just, I, you know, a lot of nostalgia, but sure. just the ability to, to get that sound and to, to, to put, create that energy and the melodies and the beat and just, it's it's something to behold. It, yeah. There's nothing. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything better on the planet than that. Yeah. I'm not talking about that band. Just that 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 you know, like ZZ Top do it as well. They do it with no. They don't break a sweat. You put them out in the Grange, you know, 115 degrees at direct sunlight, and those guys will not break a sweat, and they'll just mow it or just just mow you down. Mm-hmm. That's it. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think I need a. Tranquilizer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Now. Tissue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, we, we think we talked about this already too, with that documentary that came out a few years ago. That was a, 
about their their reunion tour. Yeah, and yeah, I I never really understood until I watched that just how dysfunctional they were as a band. It's like, oh, that's why they broke up so early, <laughs> you know. And it's it's almost the perfect timing too. I mean, it's like they they synchronous. I mean, like I said, I only like half the album. It's not a bad album. But I mean, they they didn't really take things. You know, a lot of bands kind of limp along like that. The really successful bands where they it just it starts to deteriorate and it becomes embarrassing, more and more embarrassing over time. <laughs> but they never had to go through that, thankfully. No, I mean, I mean that record was huge. I mean, yeah. and, and what a way to end on a high note, you know, for them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if they if they if they made a, would have made a record after that, would it have been as good or as popular i mean mm-hmm. that was the record that brought them to the mainstream because yeah. i think before people kind of knew who they were you know the really hardcore fans obviously knew who they were but the mainstream public i mean every breath you take i mean everybody knew that song mm-hmm. no matter where you came from everybody knew knew it you know had heard that song and knew that song yeah and probably liked that song but Not i think a great one but you know. it's it's clear though it had had they stayed together i mean they, they probably would have injured each other <laughs> if they hadn't already <laughs> because sting and sting and, and Stewart and yeah, they just, are just yeah, at each other's very strong the personalities. Yeah. 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 Obviously. Yeah. It was just very entertaining watching that, which I know the stuff that even the stuff that was on camera, I'm sure was probably even, you know, more toned down than probably what would happen actually happen when well, the cameras I mean, weren't imagine, tra- trained you know, on them. Imagine being sting and walking up and looking at Stewart's drums and seeing on ta- tape, Fuck off, you cunt! I mean, he's yeah. basically t- that's his message to yeah. Sting. Yeah, it's written on his drums, right? And he hits those drums every single night while he's playing behind Sting. I mean, just like that amount of animosity is is uh, challenging for anybody. Yeah, and let let alone being in a band where you're on the road with each other for how many nights a year, and you're in the studio, and you're still trying to work together. You know. They call it a toxic workplace, I believe, in the uh, in the regular world. One of my favorite things from that that documentary is they there's one point where they're they've gotten over the shouting part and they're they're like being really trying to be really cordial and they're like negotiating over different song parts. Like there's some there's some bit some flam. I can't remember what song it is. Some flam that Stuart was doing that that Sting didn't like, and he and he goes they they're running through it and Sting stops. That's it. Oh, that's it. Oh, interesting. I'll tell you what. I'll give you that. If you don't do this one other part, some some baseline or something, you're like, okay, all right, fine. You know, they have to. There has to be some kind of give and take. This is in this order is, to get the arrangement. This is the new documentary. Yeah, I haven't seen. I gotta watch this now. Yeah, yeah, I gotta. See it's it. where the, the rehearsal clips are in black and white. That's why you know you're watching. I can't remember what it's called. That's not that video that you sent me about that drum fill that's going to be on. Every it's from that same documentary. Okay, yeah. that's so ridiculous. Yeah, where he's, where he's talking about. Yeah. Stewart overstepped his bounds on that one. Yeah. That film did not work. No. I don't know what he was doing. I get it. I mean, I like what you're going for. <laughs> but the best part of that is Sting's reaction to it, where he just stops playing. He starts laughing. He's just like, <laughs> what was that? What was that? That was funny. And, and Andy, too, is quiet the whole time. And he just mutters, like, eh, things were going so well. <laughs> <laughs> but And, and, anyway. and then, and, and which I, I, I don't like to take Sting's side, ever. But when you <laughs> when you... When you play, when the drums play over a vocal line and you're trying to get the message across in that moment and there's a drum fill there and, and, and Stuart doesn't do mediocre or poor drum fills. He does great drum fills. Very but when you put it there, he wants that space for the message. Maybe in a bottle, maybe in, you know, 
but he is th- th- that 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 song is written for you know f- for that for that space the the words go in that spot and you put this fill and it's and it's just I, I know many times now that we're we have the in ears I pointed to my ears in case you were, you were thinking that we they go up there no they go in here but the 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 in ears really open everything up to where you're able to see, feel, hear these songs and how they go. But when, before that, when we didn't have the in-ears and you're playing through monitors and the drummer plays over your spot where you're, you know, you, you maybe want to use some dynamic or a different inflection or a new, you, you just physically can't do it. You can't shout over that. And it's, so I understand that, you know, oh, yeah. and that everybody has their, 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 you know, their idea how the song is going to go. And that's the beauty of a, that, a three piece like that. Mm-hmm. They know where the spots are, you know, eventually time will show them exactly where all the spots go and where, where things, but. And I, I can kind of see from watching those two guys, I can kind of understand both of their points of view because Stuart is like a painter, you know, he kind of wants to do what he wants to do in the moment. And that's, I totally understand that especially from a drummer's perspective. Um, not that I'm a drummer, but I've worked with a lot of drummers. Ooh. And then, then you have, then you have Sting who's, who, who's, who is a composer and he, he doesn't just write the songs and the melody. He, in his head, he's got, you know, he's like Brian Wilson. He hears everything in a song as he describes in that documentary. He's used as a solo artist. He's used to being able to conduct everything. Right. And Stewart doesn't like being conducted. Nope. <laughs> and there that's basically that in a nutshell. Which is odd because Stewart's a composer too. Yeah. And yeah, he has yeah. and he has actually conducted yeah, before. Yeah, actually yeah. physically conducted yeah. orchestra and stuff like that. Yeah. So it but, it, but yeah, I, I like operas. Yeah, I like that analogy that he's like a painter and he's kind of cuz he's yeah. And I I think he's definitely more in the moment. He's definitely a more in the moment right. player. Big um, time. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean he's like he's like you in in the sense that he doesn't he, he doesn't doesn't have your temper. I mean, sorry, he, you don't have his temper. I should say, <laughs> at least, at least not outwardly. We don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, you, you don't like being, as you've just, you've said many times on the show, you're you're not fond of being just playing drums in a sense where you press play and then you just play the same thing every every single night. Yeah, you know, I think that's what Sting really wants from his band within yeah. within a certain right parameter. Right, Stewart really seems to to require more more freedom than, than Sting is comfortable with. I think so. So, so who would you guess right now is, a, just from the catalog that's stuck in your head, who would you think is the worst person to work for of all the bands you listen to? Who would be the worst? I thought you were going to say of all the bands you played in. Huh? Well, I, guess, <laughs> I, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we've heard that story already. Um, God, that's a good question. Who would be challenging to work for? Yes. Uh, but as much as you I love them, you wouldn't want to work with Yeah. Them. Yeah. Because mm. mm-hmm. you know you've heard the stories of you've you know your buddy Rich and uh, oh, God. you know you've heard these stories of these uh, not even prima donnas these are these are essentially dictators with well, the first person that comes to mind just because you can see it the documentary's old documentary about it Chuck Berry yeah what 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 Keith Richards went through to try to rein him in to get a good show out of him. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to go through that. <laughs> well, I think I think that's different than actually playing with Chuck Berry, mm-hmm. with, with, the, with the sense that because like 
you know, Alan and David and, and, and those guys have played with Chuck Berry. Yeah. And it was basically like, Hey, here's the show. Boom. That's it. Right. That's easy. Right. But the idea of rehearsing with him. Right. Like That's said, the thing. Keith, Keith was like challenged. And I totally, what Keith was trying to do and it accomplished amazingly for that. And that they used to watch that, right? Oh yeah. Right. Hell, hell rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. He, he pulled off the impossible. Of course he was only able to do it once. However, I'm assuming it was that one show that's in the film. Yeah, I think, I think it was. That but he one went time. through hell. Oh yeah, no, to get was... to get that show out of him. Yeah, and yeah, and, and I wouldn't want to do. That. Yeah. <laughs> I really admire him for doing that. Somebody had to do it, I guess. Yeah, but that, this yeah. is after he'd been punched in the face by him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a completely unrelated reason. Ridiculous. Yeah, there's so many. You know, I you think. hear the stories of of. You know these tempers and these, you know the the, yeah. the Chuck Berry thing of the, the changing key on the that's the best you know, on, on the fly with with you know it, that's that's okay if you're just doing you know if the three chord ditty you know but if you're playing at, you know a Chuck Berry song is going to be you know gonna be, you know a lot of you know, a lot of stuff to it mm-hmm. um, that that's the beauty again that's the beauty of Chuck Berry is it sounds so simple. You know, the, the end of the day, it's a, yeah, no, it's yeah, it's deceptively hard. Yes, for a lot, a lot and, of reasons, and that's that's a performer. What a, what a great performer. Anyway, yeah. but uh, but you know, so I, my, you know, I I, I just I, I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine going in and doing like a Cirque du Soleil, uh, show, okay. you know, where, where they learn all these crazy pieces and there's just just you know. Yeah, but again, like having that one person, like the the Buddy Rich, always comes to mind. Just with the with the just this shit that yeah, I he heard. was a fucking asshole. Yeah, um, and 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 of course, you know, yo, I always think of because you've seen so many documentaries on on Iron Maiden. I think I've watched everything on Iron Maiden. I think I've read everything. But those guys work so well together because everything just runs through Steve. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day. It's if you bring in a, a you know, uh, it, it doesn't matter what you bring in. If he likes it, it's just going to go through him. And it's going to get made nice through Steve. So he's the made nice. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to be the, so, but again, and he's so laid back and he's such a easy, but you're saying he'd be hard easy. to work with. Oh, easy to work with. You said hard to work with. You know, I, I, I know I'm saying I'm the, the question <laughs> yes, was, can, the can question. you read it back, please? <laughs> yes. Senator. So, so if you're <laughs> if you're if you're trying to to because none of us want to I, I mean I, I'll say this Chad's the easiest going of us when it comes to getting a song for anything. Everything. No, no, he seems no, no. seems very easy going. No, if you talk to the if you took the survey on the women leaving his place and yeah, well, it's not it's not yeah. it's a anyway. So uh, we talking about establishing an arrangement. And I said scrambled eggs. Just, 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 just working mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. You're eager and into it, and you know, and and even if you've heard it for the first time, you'll. I think early on, with one of the big things that you would do is you you would try to rearrange it as it happened. I go wait, yeah. But now it's let's play it. Let's get let's give it a shot. So we're lucky in that regard. But then the three of us are are not easy. In so 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 I I bring I bring you know Mary had a little lamb you know Steve Ray Vaughan or we bring something that none of us like hey let's do Hotel California there'll be three people saying no right off the bat mm. so 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 there's nothing easy about just you know do, doing something 
for the reason, for the sake of doing it. So, but so let's say now you've got this great idea and you've got this riff and you've got this song and you want to, you know, and, and then you bring it to this band and, and, and you have to fight through, you know, cause I, I, I you know, I know Queen would, would fight uh, you know, to, to get their song on the record, right. to, 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 to get the single they would, Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, and that made for a bit. But again, they, they looked like they worked okay together. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking. And I, I, I know we've worked with people that we would absolutely choke to death before we'd do it again. You know, we learned that lesson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, who is that? Who is that person that that you're? Uh, who you're? Just really kind of yeah. I I think I would have a hard time with anybody that wouldn't allow not free reign, but the, uh, the ability to be creative input instead of playing the same thing every single night, the same drum fill, the same play it like the record kind of thing. You know, I know James Brown was kind of that way. I know he was really hard on his guys and didn't pay them well and would find them if they fucked up or didn't wear the right, whatever, you know, so that kind of, that kind of environment can be really challenging to a player, Mm -hmm. especially since, you know, he had so many great players in his, in his roster over the years and not allowing them to kind of stretch out. So I know that can be challenging, you know, working for someone like Buddy Rich who would berate you, you know, um, after the gig and, 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 you know, just, just tear you a new one, you know, um, I don't know. I can't think of anybody specific that, that, that I, that I like that I would be like, Oh my God, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to. Yeah. I would, I mean, I would love to play with all, all the people that I like, you know, uh, um, but I don't know. It's a, it's a hard one. Yes. I'm thinking of all, all my biggest heroes and they're all pretty, pretty good collaborators. I'm thinking of like, you like to think so. Well, David Bowie's worked with a lot of people. David Burns worked with a lot of people with Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel's actually hasn't, well, he has collaborated, but he, he's one of those guys who has to have full control over stuff, I think. But um, Maybe but he tends to work with the same people from year to year, you know, for the most part. So it couldn't be that hard to work with. I heard, I heard, I, rumor, sure, but maybe Tom Araya. I don't know. He seems like it might be a challenge. Who? Oh, I, I don't think so. From Slayer? Yeah. Oh, Kerry King, though. Yes, that well, guy's a fuck. That guy, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're gonna get the same song every time. So yeah, you, I don't know. Um, yeah. But Bowie, I heard. I think it was. Uh, Dave Grohl or somebody, he was like, no, I don't want to. Really? Yeah. That's what I heard. And I was tip of the hat. I think, yeah, there's definitely some people. Well, he, he didn't work well with he and he and Freddie. I mean, getting, getting under pressure done yeah. was a pain, was a pain in the ass for, for, I think it was more stressful. It sounds like it was more stressful for Freddie than it was for anybody else. But, but as, as the story, as, as Brian May and Roger Taylor tell it is that they, that Freddie basically let, they kind of all backed off to let, to kind of let uh, Bowie finish off the song since he had such a sol- solid idea of where it was going, but Freddie was not happy with it. You know, yeah, they were arguing with each other over during the process. But uh, most of the people I know who've worked with Bowie, they they all just love him to death. Yeah, you know, yeah. Ricky Gervais was the last person that, that I heard talk mm-hmm. about Bowie in such a such a honest, real, just in the moment. And it was just beautiful. Every story he told about his, because he was such a huge Bowie fan. Yeah. But he was, uh, he, he, he really 
got to know him and, and, and he's such a great storyteller anyway. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's well worth listening to. I, I think probably the only guys who would have a, a bone to pick would be the guys who got, you know, when he, when he broke up the spiders from Mars. Yeah. You know, and just did. Let's talk to Hunt sales about Dave Yeah. Bowie. Yeah. Hunt, yeah. Hunt wasn't, he's, I don't think I know that they, I know, I don't think Hunt is still happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. When I talked to Hunt back in 2002 or three or whatever, he was, and David came, David was coming to town and I just casually said, you're going to go. No, fuck that. He's like, he yeah. said, I think he, I think he was, I think he was married at the time. And he had a couple of kids. Hunt said he, he, he got tickets for the, for the, for the girls to go. Yeah. And they went to go see the show yeah, yeah, or whatever. But he shame. was like, no. Yeah. That breaks my heart to hear that. I was really looking forward to, you know, another album from them, but. You know, oh well. Bowie had other things he wanted to do. Yeah, you know. Charlie Watts actually spoke kind of irreverently about David Bowie. He's like, really? yeah, he Charlie Charlie Watts. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's not really quite the guy you think he was, but that's really? Charlie too. So <laughs> who knows what's up with that guy? Yeah. I, I'd, say, I'd say I'd say Mick Jagger would be hard to. I wouldn't want to play for him because you have to play Rolling Stone songs, and who wants to do that? <laughs> Nobody wants no to do one. that. <laughs> Nobody wants to. Fuck Charlie Watts too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! He well dressed. I like the way he dresses. He collects pocket watches. That's yeah. his big thing. He likes to go on when he, when he would go on tour. He would he would uh, he's like, what do you like to do when you're on the road? He's like, I like to go to antique stores and look for old pocket watches and buy them. That sounds exactly like you know. That's well, maybe he just wants to be a timekeeper. Hey, hey. a timepiece. Uh, um, yeah, I'm just pissed off. We just talked about the stones. That's okay. <laughs> We talked about them in a bad in bad light, though. That's 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 fair. That's something. That's something. Yeah. Something. Anything. Yeah. That, that'll give you a little satisfaction. Yeah. On the top. Yeah. I guess I, I I can see definitely from Hunt's perspective too that because Bowie can, did continue to work with Reeves <laughs> for the rest of that decade, you know, so that probably stung. I, I can see how that probably stung. Yeah. I mean, I I don't we you know I don't know what the Besides wanting to do something else, I don't know. Maybe we need to get Hunt on the show. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Ask him. Just flat out, cool. Hunt, what the fuck's up with David Bowie? Yeah. Well, let me tell you something about that guy. <laughs> Maybe we don't need him. Maybe we're just going to get it right yeah. now. Let's imitate him. Yeah. And Cybercast, 85, 89. And Tim Machine wasn't the only thing that Bowie, because Bowie, I mean, every time you hear or read interviews with him about Tim Machine, he loved that band. He really loved the band. At least that's mm. what he says. I don't know what happened. But, that's he wanted to keep continue working with him, but there was also another thing he did in the nineties that he didn't finish. He was supposed to do a whole new trilogy with Brian Eno that started with outside. There was supposed That's, to be two more albums that never happened. Those albums outside never material is fucking rough, dude. I love that record. Really? Yeah. I you, bought it just on principle and I gave it away. Now I don't have it anymore. It's a hard <laughs> sell. It's a hard sell. That's the thing about Bowie. It's like people love him for different reasons and different songs. You know? Well, I mean, I think a lot of great artists are, are, are that way. Yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll like the Bowies and the, and the Todd Rundgrens and, and, and yeah. the so-and-so, you know, you'll, you'll, uh, the Iron Maidens too. I mean, and then Black Sabbath and all the, all these bands, you're like, I really like this stuff, but this stuff, I'm, I'm going to hang on because I know something new is coming out. Mm-hmm. It might be better. And usually they come around and, and, yeah. and something, or at least that, you know, you might enjoy other people. Like you said, mm-hmm. there's a fringe group of people that really are going to buy and enjoy no matter what, uh, whatever so-and-so does. artist right. puts out. Yeah. Others are like, Oh man, I bought this record. Like I bought a couple of Todd records. I was like, mm-hmm. fuck that. <laughs> I don't want to hear that again. You know? Yeah. No, but always the same. Right, right before outside, he put out, ten, uh, what was it? No, what was it called? Not to Um, black tie, white noise. Um, 
which you never really hear about that record anymore because it really didn't make much of a splash. And but it was funny because it was more commercial sounding. You know, mm. It was a little bit more less, you know, less adventurous, less uh, less uh, risky, mm. and uh, kind of boring. <laughs> you have that dark, you have that Dark Star record. Black Star. Black Star. Yeah. Black Star to me sounds, it's like a little bit, some of the weirder stuff on that reminds me of Outside a little bit. Mm. Um, like the title track off of there. And, uh, I, like Lazarus. That t- I like that first track. I can't, I, I've only heard it a couple of times, but like when it, when it goes from being the New York choppy thing to like the more like song. Mm-hmm. I like that part of the song, but I get what he was going for, but Not, look what happened. It fucking killed him. <laughs> What what if if you were to choose a Bowie record, what would you listen to? What's your I don't really know him that well. I'd probably probably oh, say a, a Tin Machine thing. Yeah, yeah, probably probably Tin Machine one, the first one. Okay, yeah. So you would probably if you I would I would recommend if you haven't listened to it, uh, listen to a record, the Scary Monsters, his solo record from nineteen eighty, and Lodger. Uh, those are the two that sound the most like Tin Machine to me. Mm. I think. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, enough about Bowie. That was yeah. a lot of Bowie. Yeah, Bowage. So did we, did we touch, did everybody give an answer to that question? I guess we have. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, I said James Brown. Yeah. Or the Rolling Ish. Stones. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there was a cool story about where uh, Bootsy, uh, with his, his, the time he spent working with James Brown, that is, you know, I'm sure he... He was he, like the second, the second... Uh, second baseman? S- no, well, no. Well, no. You should say second baseman? Base, base. <laughs> now starting second base, Bootsy, Uzi, Bootsy, Uzi, Collins, Collins, Collins. Hey, hey, hey. Um, I think he he was like he was like that second generation. Yeah, and when they said in the yeah. early seventies, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. He was just a kid. He was like eighteen. Oh, he's fucking just yeah. But he, what he a monster his, player! It was an important. Obviously, obviously, he didn't stay with him probably for the reason he said he was hard to work with him. Or maybe he got other offers too. I don't know if he went straight to Parliament after that or or what. I think he was too big of a star for James. Yeah, he was becoming too big. Of a right, starter. right. But he, there's some great footage of him early on. You know, of him playing with with uh, with James, and he's so. Un, it, it's not the flashy Bootsy that we know now. It's like you barely recognize him because mm-hmm. he just looks like a normal guy. Yeah. But he's. Uh, he tells a great story about how James taught him how to play how to play on the one because he, he was a, he was a great player. He he learned, but he as he as he told it, he learned to be really he would, he would noodle around a lot and and. Uh, Thought he really had it down, but but and <laughs> James came up to him after I guess I don't know when it was the first rehearsal or said, "Man, where's the one? I can't hear the one." Mm-hmm. And that totally that was a great changed. impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> that totally <laughs> opened up. You know, Bootsy didn't really become Bootsy, I think, until he he learned how to play with James. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like James is. How long can you play the E nine chord? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So uh, so by the time you hear this, uh, we're going to the three of us. One. Me? Two. Him? Three. You? Yeah. We're going to go up to uh, a place called Bryan, Texas. It's just outside of College Station, which you've heard us mention before. And we're going to go to Blackwater Draw Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Water Brewing Company. And we're going to go see our friend, uh, our friends, Chris and Stephanie Steele. And we're going to... Uh, we're going to play for them next Friday. We're going to live stream. Yes. Yep. So we're going to play a couple of songs you might not have heard before. Mm. We're going to rock medium to hard. And we're going to, uh, we're going to have a really good time. 
We're going to, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I uh, should have thought about this before, but we're going to try to, uh, we're going to try to give away some beer. Oh yeah. Um, and we can't mail it. So we're probably only going to have to give it to some, to a winner in Houston, but we're going to figure something out because, uh, Blackwater is just getting back on their feet and O'Bannon's hopefully will be soon afterwards. Yeah. And these are, uh, we've mentioned it so many times. I feel silly saying it, but I'm used to being silly. So, uh, Chris Steele has been Chris and Stephanie from O'Bannon's Blackwater. They have been more than exceptional and more than generous and more than wonderful to us throughout our whole 16 years mm-hmm. as blackguards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, we're going to go up there. We're going to try to, we're going to try to bring a lot of people and uh, re- responsibly, and we're going to, we're going to have a good time. We're going to, going to throw down. And so a f- few surprises for you. And we're, we're going to give away some beer there. And we're going to hopefully bring some back to Houston and give it away. We'll just figure out some, competition some way figure it out for the next yeah episode yeah beer won't go bad no unless me and chad drink it all that uh, that would be better beer unless chad drinks it all hmm anyway i'm good for like it one could happen i'm good for like one that's gonna be cold as shit too so yeah cold yeah. as shit cold as shit yeah i think i know her it's an, it's an example it's just it's, it's a phrase okay anyway okay i digress so <laughs> so yes yeah, so a lot to uh, and, and also we're talking to um my uh our good friend june nanana uh we're working with them in in uh, uh by doing a midwest tour and uh now in this climate yeah fucking right we're gonna go up we're gonna get in the van we're gonna go so we're talking to some places up there so if you're listening up in the uh, I don't know, Kansas, Iowa, Nebraska area. We'll, we might come see you. And it might be as soon as next month. We're working on it right now. So Coming up quick. Yeah. And I say we're going to do it responsibly. That means we're going to put uh, a helmet on the drummer. Mm-hmm. So, right? Yeah. Okay. When I ride in the van, I got to wear my helmet. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Special helmet. So. CCM. And also, we're uh, Lori. Uh, we all know Merch Maiden, mm-hmm. Lori, uh, of 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 our mask fame, and uh, she's she's unloaded all our gear for us, physically, you know, mm-hmm. the the PA and the merchandise. So uh, uh, Lori uh, and I are working on a a show down in the Richmond Rosenberg area. So we we're, we're going to hopefully have some. Inf- we not hopefully we will have some information on that. By the by the by the time this comes out, so check our website. Uh, we we do have masks. We do have some t shirts. Our our store is open, and mm-hmm. our our, uh, our our we're we're really excited because now we're in the mixing process. Of by the time you hear this, today is what Monday or Tuesday. By the time you hear this, we'll have already started the mixing process. So we're of where mixing what our new record. Cake? New record. Oh, new record, the new record. Yeah, which okay, cool. is yet to be titled. Yeah, has yet to be titled new record from Blaggards yes. coming out this fall. Yes. Be dialing people. Be yeah. pledging your money. Be, wait, this is not the, te- the telethon. What am I talking oh, yeah. about? Yeah, we will. Uh, not sure when this is going to happen. We can, probably wouldn't help if we had the title of the album first. 
But we were going to have pre-orders for the record. Uh, and there will be an LP version of this. Ooh. Vinyl. Real blackguards on vinyl for the first time. Um, so you, you'll be able to buy pre-order digital, pre-order CD, pre-order LP, or all three of them if you want. So we'll, we'll have those details sometime in the next few weeks. Not sure exactly when we're going to do that, but it will be happening. I think we're just going to call it New Record. New Record. <laughs> nice. Yes. Okay. Cool. All yeah, right. thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks for Thanks for telling your friends. Thanks for being nice to each other. Thanks for being safe. And uh, hopefully thanks for coming out to see us. Yeah, yeah. Again, this Friday, September 25th, 7 p.m. Central on Facebook. Link yeah. in the description. Right. Yeah, and a, and, if, and you're, if you're in the if area, you're, if you're yeah, if you're within eight hundred, nine hundred, two thousand miles, come on to come uh, on down and buy some down. beer. Buy some yeah. beer. Yeah, they got new shirts too. Blackwater Drive. Do they? New Good. Shirt. I might pick one up this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, we will pick one this up. weekend. We will we'll pick one up. Yeah. yeah. So hey, thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't go changing. Wash your hands. Say no to drugs after you ingest. Right. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> no, <laughs> again. <laughs> All right. All right. Good night. Chad's waiting to push the button. <laughs> push the fucking button. Push it. God damn. Push it.